as the general public and dry cleaners use, and it's a known carcinogen. He says now the EPA can go after the uses that cause the most harm. Even the chemical industry is relieved about the new rules. Cal Dooley heads the American Chemistry Council. He says consumers were losing trust in chemical products. We felt that by giving EPA greater access to information that our companies would produce, that would allow them to make a more affirmative determination of the safety of our chemicals in commerce. In other words, it's about business. The industry's had to contend with stores taking matters into their own hands, refusing to stock certain plastics. States have also brought in their own regulations. Melanie Benesch, an attorney with the Environmental Working Group, says one problem is the EPA isn't getting enough funding. The chemical industry is kicking in $25 million to help pay for chemical reviews. So for an industry that's reported close to $40 billion in profits, that's really pocket change. She says to do the job right, the EPA is going to have to rely on Congress, which has often opposed the agency. I'm Ashley Miltite for Marketplace. Don't look now, but oil's bumping back up against $50 a barrel, 49.56 at the close in New York. That's what happens when production falls, as we have been reporting since the price started sliding a year plus ago. All right, raise your hand if you've seen a Windows phone in the wild recently. Yeah, I didn't think so. That helps explain the announcement from Microsoft today. 1,850 layoffs in its smartphone division. Hardware never really was a favorite of new-ish CEO Satya Nadella. Microsoft shares up a percent today on that news. The wider market's up about the same. We'll have the details when we do the numbers. Since the beginning of this fiscal year, that is, since this past October, the United States has resettled nearly 40,000 refugees. Only about 2,500 of them, though, have come from Syria. The State Department does say it's still on track to accept the 10,000 Syrian refugees that President Obama promised to take in this year. But there is a whole lot that happens between a promise and delivery. Marketplace's Tracy Samuelson dug into the bureaucracy of refugee allocation. Mia Witte is sitting in a big conference room in New York with a view of the Hudson River. Bright green cardigan, big green eyes. She sets a handful of neon highlighters on the table and cracks a big binder. 91 pages this week. With information of all the refugees that have been newly approved for resettlement in the U.S. And it gives us the bare bones information of each refugee's case. Nationality, ethnicity, religion, how many family members, whether they've been tortured, whether they have a medical condition whether they know friends or family already in the U.S. Each family becomes a case number, a row on a spreadsheet, their story a series of coded abbreviations. Woody points at one. P.A. is principal applicant, W.I. is wife, 2.M.I. is two minors, and then survivor means survivor of torture. While abroad, these refugees have already gone through interviews, medical exams, security screenings, and now it's time for a new home. Every Wednesday each week, Witty, who works for Church World Service, meets colleagues from eight other agencies contracted with the State Department, and they go through and divide up that week's pool of refugees. It's a more bureaucratic version of picking teams on the playground. This particular week, there are more than 2,000 refugees ready for resettlement, about half of them Syrian. It takes four hours to divvy them up. 
To prepare for that meeting, Witty goes through the binder row by row with her highlighters. She starts with refugees who have a friend or family member already in the U.S., generally more than half do. That's one of the biggest factors in determining where refugees might be placed. I never took geography in school, but this is making me an expert. <laughs> um, okay, so Phoenix, Arizona is the first case, uh, Congolese family. Church World Service has an office in Phoenix, so she swipes this case line with a yellow marker. Then she looks at how many refugees that office has already resettled this year and how many they've committed to but haven't yet arrived. That's the second big factor in determining who goes where, who can take them, and a little bit of who wants them. So, for instance, our affiliate in Richmond, Virginia, they have churches that are interested in co-sponsoring single mothers. So when they don't have a friend or family member here. When I see that there is a single mother, I can select that case, just knowing that we can send them to Richmond, Virginia, and that they'll be co-sponsored by a church there. And it really just depends.